Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello to our fellow royal lovers. Welcome back to Royally Us, where we break down everything about our favorite family. I'm Joe Drake, back with my lovely London-based co-host, Molly Molshine. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you, Joe? I'm good. Yet again, another week, more royal updates. The first story is sources and insiders are telling us weekly that William and Kate are really sort of focusing now on how they're raising their eight-year-old. Again, he just turned eight. He's no longer this baby. Like he's now getting into that age where you really sort of have to start focusing on in this modern world, how are they going to raise the future King of England? You know? Yeah. I mean, parenting must be hard enough as it is, but to throw that into it and how to sort of navigate that, especially while Harry is going around talking about how, you know, he found his own upbringing lacking. It must really make them be thinking even harder about what the right way to handle this is. Definitely. Well, the source exclusively told us weekly, quote, of course, William and Kate are nervous about what the future holds for George. He's growing up in a different era to his parents and times have changed since then. There wasn't social media or Internet trolls when William and Kate were children, which I guess that segues perfectly into what we were talking about. People trolling us. It's a really interesting conversation nowadays regardless of if you're a royal or if you're just a citizen of the world, raising children in this age of technology and social media, it's a completely different road to navigate than even when we were kids. I know. I mean, I think the best case scenario is to just try to ignore all of the comments and the trolling. And if someone won't say it to your face, then it didn't happen. Like, but you know, yeah, on, for him, it's going to be on such a massive scale. I'm sure they've already had conversations with all of their kids at a young age trying to, I mean, obviously explaining who they are in the world, because I'm sure when you get to a certain age, even at three, four or five years old, you're like, "Uh, mom, what's the deal with like, why is everyone always looking at us? You know, like you have to Mm -hmm. address it, I would assume. Yeah, because also if you don't address it, then their classmates are going to address it. Right. Definitely. They are talking about potentially sending him to boarding school. 
Um, but sources told Us Weekly that they wouldn't do it unless George wants to. And obviously he's old enough now to say yes or no. So I do think that they're having, the source said they're having quote, open communication with their children. And it's gonna be more of a family decision than it, I think it was when William and obviously even Charles was young. It was sort of like a given you were sent to boarding school. Right, age eight going to boarding school is un, unfathomable to me. I just feel like, that's so young. I can't imagine being that little like, and also you're going to, if you're eight years old, you're going to think you can handle it. You're going to be like, Oh, amazing. No parents. And then once you get there, you'll be like, Oh, Whoa. I wonder if boarding school is a better option for someone like a Royal, a Royal, because you can be sort of sent off and you're sort of maybe in a more controlled environment and you don't have to deal with all of the craziness in the public. Right. There were reports that when William and Harry were at Eton, um, the staff like hid the newspapers whenever there was a big scandal going on and things like that. And, you know, yeah, if they were home and if they were going to school and the kids were going home each night and watching the news and then coming in and teasing William and Harry about it. Yeah, I guess if you're at boarding school, those kids don't have that opportunity because the entire school is being shielded from, from that. And you are sort of surrounded by other, for lack of a better term, rich kids, (laughs) right? So there is a plus in that, but obviously there's minuses in that in in 2021, because you do want to be a little bit more exposed to every type of person, every type of socioeconomic class, right? Yeah, you don't want to end up going to a party in a Nazi uniform because you didn't know any better, which is something right. Right. that I think can happen when you're raised in a very closed surrounding right. with all the same demographic of people. But Definitely. yeah, I think when everyone is in this, because, you know, the class structure is much more entrenched in the UK. So I think when you're going to one of these really sort of upper crust boarding schools like Eton or Harrow, everyone who goes to that school is going to have some sort of, you know, reverence for the royal family. So they are going to look after you. Whereas if you're going somewhere that's a little more diverse, you might get kids who are like staunchly anti-royalist and their parents are telling them, that it sucks to have a royal family. So yeah, that is definitely something to consider. What's your prediction? Do you think that they're going to send George off to boarding school? I don't think they're going to do it this soon because I think at eight years old, especially with Kate's early childhood project, I mean, eight years old, it's not early childhood, but you know, it's like middle-aged childhood and That's just a very, I don't know what the research is on whether it's good to send an eight-year-old to boarding school, but I'm sure that she would meet some kind of backlash for her, her, her talking points, which are, you need to like be more affectionate and things like that. So yeah, I, I feel like he won't yet, but I could see it happening at 12 or 14. What about you? I don't know, because this whole news topic this week has been about like William and Kate raising the future King of England in modern times. I'm just not sure if sending him to boarding school equates to being raised in modern times. And that's nothing against going to boarding school. I actually feel like it, to me, as someone that went to public school, it sounds like a very interesting and uh, 
you can learn a lot. I mean, a, a really unique experience that I think um, you can learn a lot from, but I'm not sure if that works with the generation below us, meaning the Prince Georges of the world. I mean, he's eight. I don't know. Yeah. I think it might be better for him to have a different, different education. I don't know what that entails though, because I do think maybe him going to just some sort of random school may be tough because again, he's the, he'll be the future king. Right. I, just it, need it to both- think about yeah, there's no really great solution. Yeah. No. Especially because, let's move on to our next topic. He is now the subject of a new animated satirical show on HBO Max entitled The Prince. So for those of you out there that don't know about this, uh, Gary Janetti, who is a writer, producer, comedian, I would say, has this Instagram account, which I encourage everyone to follow, and once, once Prince George came onto the scene and started taking these sort of like really funny photos, Gary Janetti would post them and he would sort of caption them with really funny satirical things. And especially when Meghan Markle came onto the scene, it sort of became this sort of like running, almost like comic strip type thing, like New Yorker cartoon-esque feel. Um, and now it's parlayed itself into an animated show because Gary Janetti actually has ties to Family Guy and was a producer on that show. So it sort of was like this perfect lightning in a bottle moment for him. And I got to tell you, I binge watched the whole thing over the weekend, Molly, and I am obsessed. I ha- I believe it. I believe it that it's really funny. I have such mixed feelings on it as a whole. Right. So that's because- the thing. What do you think? So I, you know, I do stand up comedy, so I am all for making jokes about everything under the sun. Nothing is sacred whatsoever. At the same time, when I would follow his Instagram account, some of the jokes were like really mean and involving little kids. So I was just like, wow, I'm really surprised that this is getting a mainstream stamp of approval from HBO because it feels, it feels a little edgy sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely edgy. Having watched it, I think there are certain jokes that I was like, Oh wow. They went there. But again, family guy goes there. He sort of comes from that world. Um, but I do agree with you. It was interesting that this sort of went there because Prince George is a minor. I mean, there's nothing that like, in my opinion, really goes crazy overboard, but it's definitely pushing, pushing the limits, you know, it's pushing the limits and allegedly, uh, the, the creator Gary Gennetti has deleted quite a few of his Instagram posts. Some of the ones that were a little more over the line. I think he has toned things down a bit for the show because there were some jokes on his Instagram that were like fat shaming of like kids and women and calling Camilla a horse, like kind of pretty like misogynist things that, that I also as a comedian was like, how is he getting away with this? (laughs) Because that, that kind of stuff doesn't fly ever, but it's like almost if you put it in this imaginary voice of a child, people, people love it. Um, so it sounds like he toned it. He pulled it back a little bit for the show. 
yeah. I've seen a few clips of the show. I can't watch it yet in the UK and it, um, it looks hilarious. Like I know that I'm going to like the show. I, yeah. I know that I'm going to be a fan of it. Um, it's just the question of it being a kid and the fact that like, if this was something with Archie, the lawsuits would already be flying. Don't you think? Oh, wow. That's a really good point. Yeah. That so is a it's, point. And also, Orlando well, Bloom. in it. Archie's in it. Is he? But as a really small baby, and he only, I don't want to give anything away for those out there that haven't seen it, but he only says like a couple of words. One, one word in particular, but I'll let everyone watch it. Is it hydrate? It's not. It's, it's, a, it? it's, a, it's a, a curse word. I'll leave it there. Oh, spicy. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, Molly. So Orlando Bloom voices Prince Harry. Right. And he said so they shelved this show when Prince Philip died. It was supposed to come out in early spring. But due to respect to the family, they held it till now. So I think that was an early sign of them being like, we're not trying to disrespect. And that each show starts with like uh, text on screen that sort of says like, this is completely fictitious. It's not based in any sort of fact. It's like just meant to be funny, which I appreciate that sort of precursor with every episode. Cause it's just a reminder, like it's tongue in cheek. We're just having fun with this. Cause it's very much satirical in the way that Saturday Night Live is. And I do believe that sort of like this kind of stuff is like imitation is the best form of flattery. But anyway, Orlando Bloom said that uh, he is going to have to bring this up to Prince Harry. He said, quote, I'm going to have to mention it to Prince Harry the next time I see him because I'm not going to be able to not. Oddly, I'm sure I'm going to see him at some point just because of the nature of the universe. It always throws people together, which I didn't know they were friends, but it all sort of makes sense. Okay, so that quote was November 2020, I think, right? So earlier this summer, Harry, when he was on Dax Shepard's podcast, he talked about how Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry live in his neighborhood in Montecito. Right, okay. So he was like, Orlando Bloom texts me about where the paparazzi are and like we're both so annoyed that they can shoot photos of our children. So I'm like, I want to know so badly how this conversation has gone because it has to have come up. I just can't imagine Harry and Meghan being okay with this just based on how protective they are of their image overall. Like, you know, I don't think they would really be ones to sort of ha ha laugh at this. Take it, take it like water off a duck's back, you know? Well, because this doesn't give anything away for those out there that haven't seen it yet. But I will say that Prince Harry is portrayed as uh, not the smartest, which is sort of funny. It's the, the way they play him, which I think is cute, is that like he's never been ripped away from the palace and his life in L.A. Like he doesn't know. One of them is like Megan asks him to go pick up milk at the grocery store. And he like doesn't know how to do that, which I think is funny because like. He's Prince Harry. Like that was not he, I'm sure he never had to do that growing up. So I, I do think someone like Harry would be able to laugh at it. Also, I think Meghan is portrayed the best. Hmm, Everyone else has like a skewed like Kate Middleton is like trying to get out of the royal family. Camilla, definitely there's jokes about her. But like Meghan is like sort of the every woman and is like the American that you can kind of relate to. So I don't know. It's interesting. 
That is really interesting. I'm really excited to watch it. I definitely, the clips I've seen so far have been really funny. Um, And I think it's a really interesting project, uh, even though, you know, it's ethically brings up a lot of questions about like children in entertainment and depicting children, because, you know, normally I would say for the Royal family, like no holds barred, everything is fodder. You know, they are like, you can, you know, say whatever you want about them because they're public figures and they're extremely privileged, but you know, it's just with the kids involved, you have to wonder if it's going to taint the way that people look at the kids, you know? Right. Right. One more point on this that I've been thinking about is the Prince, the show on uh, HBO max is so fictitious and so outlandish that it's almost like they don't even have to acknowledge it. Whereas the crown is basically, um, portraying what happened. So if I were them, I'd be more focused on how I'm portrayed on the crown and telling the story properly. Whereas the Prince is just like so crazy family guy esque comedy that it's like, eh, whatever. It's, it's so bizarre. Whereas the crown, I would want them to get it right because people probably watch the crown thinking it's a documentary, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of the, for a lot of people, it's the first time they're learning all of this history about the royal family and with the prince yeah i agree like it's so clearly over the line and like the accent of prince george is just so not even oh no not at all (laughs) he's like doing his own thing and i think that might be intentional because it's like we're kind of separating Yes. This ca- the the character from the real kid as much as possible to the point where he almost just has an American accent. So right. that that's kind of an interesting choice and it makes sense. Let's move on to spilling the royalty because I wanted to let you guys see the second part of my chat with Nick Bolin from True Royalty TV, where he told us about two more exclusive documentaries being released this month. Take a look. Another documentary that's coming out, I find very fascinating is the one about Harry and Edward and the parallels of their life lives, because I've always sort of thought in the back of my head, there are so many parallels between members of the royal family. I always thought that Harry's rebellion reminded me a bit of Princess Margaret Rose's rebellion, but you guys are focusing on Harry and Edward. Tell us about that. So I think the Harry and Edward documentary is fascinating because Harry, Harry and Meghan sort of thing is very different because of this, the... Um, I, Wallace and Edward, Edward was going to be the king. You know, it's a very different role. Harry was going to be the, you know, the second son. He was only ever the spare in many ways. So it was less of a constitutional crisis. But both chose love. Both chose to protect the women that they felt had to be protected. Uh, and both are ultimately living a life away from um, their home, um, because of love. So there are some huge parallels there. But I think what's become even more apparent and what's, what makes this documentary more interesting uh, now is the announcement of Harry's book, which has sent shockwaves around Britain and certainly shockwaves in the corridors of the palace. Um, and of course, Edward wrote a book called The King's Story. And at the time was one of the biggest uh, advances for a book ever. I think he got, well, he got millions for it. Wow. Maybe not as much as Harry's getting, but he certainly, <laughs> got, uh, he certainly got big money. And it was shocking that a senior member of the royal family would write a, essentially a tell-all book. So I think that's what everybody will, will be watching now, is what parallels are there between Edward's book and what parallels will there be 
with Harry's book, which comes out obviously next fall. Um, and, and I think people watching this documentary will get, uh, will, will probably get even more now uh, on the announcement of that book and can really look at how these two men intersect. And I, the, the pure intersection is for love of their women, they stepped away from Britain. Well, finally, your first documentary that comes out on True Royalty TV on August 4th is about the royals and are they worth it? Tell us about this documentary, because are you exploring the fact that, you know, a lot of people think that the royal family is outdated and they're overvalued? I think in this documentary about are the, are the royals worth it, um, we sort of delve into the real cost of the royals. And actually, this is something that comes up each year when the, when the public accounts of the monarchy are released. And um, you know, it costs people in the UK a tiny amount. I mean, I can't remember the exact figure, but it's something like you know, less than a pound per person, I believe, to, to okay. support the monarchy in many ways. And um, it's a, um, this is really heading into that world and sort of saying, okay, what is the value to Britain of this family? But the reality of it is they are hugely valuable because um, the, the, the tourism they bring in, the fact that we're all talking about them the whole time, the, they, are, they are brand Britain. They're a brand that sort of surpasses all other brands. And we had a recent survey that found that the Queen herself was the fifth most successful brand in the world. Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook come in at number four. At number five, the Queen. And the Queen is a huge global brand. She personally is bigger than Nike, Ferrari, and Pepsi combined. Um, so you know, are they worth it? They certainly are. Interesting. So the Queen herself, not the royal family. Just the Queen alone is the fifth largest brand in the world. And, and she's and the only person in that lineup, right? You know, we're talking Apple, Facebook. These aren't people. <laughs> She is bigger than, and Patricia and I can get you the exact numbers, but she is something like, and I need to get this exactly right, but, um, you know, she is bigger than the Kardashians, bigger than Oprah, bigger than the Obamas. You know, she is, uh, I think she's 23 times bigger than the Beckhams. Um, I think it's eight times bigger than the Kardashians, three times bigger than the Obamas. You know, in terms of brand recognition and in terms of brand value, uh, the queen beats everybody probably because she's been around for 70 years. But the, the other interesting thing for me is those four brands that beat her are, you know, are modern, newly created brands. Uh, and behind her, they remain to be also modern, modern brands. There are no heritage brands in that list. You know, she represents a brand that's a thousand years old, and yet still she is number five in the world. That is fascinating. Well, I'm just glad that she beat the Kardashians. <laughs> Thank God. That is a good. Well, Nick, you come with such amazing information, such great nuggets of stories that I had never heard before. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. I can't wait to watch all four of these documentaries on True Royalty TV. And you have to come back and join us anytime you want and give us give us more. I'm here whenever you want me. Thank you for having me on. It's incredibly kind of you. Thanks for all the support. Thank you. Have a great day. People also were saying in the comments from last week, Molly, that they were, weren't sure what, where to see this. And True Royalty TV is a streaming platform. It is $4.99 a month, but I've already been watching and I think it's totally worth it because it is like royal content for days. 
Really cool. Yeah, that sounds totally worth it. And, you know, those documentaries, they just take you to another place. It's really cool. They really do. One of the best things I thought from this second part of the interview was Nick told us that they did a survey and that the Queen is the fifth most important brand in the world. And that's behind uh, Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook. And then number five was the queen. So she's like the only individual that is an entity. The others are like actual brands. Don't you find that fascinating? Yeah. And also, wow. I would have thought it was like Coca-Cola, Nike. I guess that's like me being stuck in the nineties though. Like right. Uh, well, actually, Nike, Ferrari and Pepsi were below the queen. So they're still on the list, but she's the only one that is like an actual person. Everything else is a brand. Wow, that's really interesting. I'm just happy that she's on the list and it's not like the Kardashians and, you know, other people like that. I mean, I would be fine with it being the Kardashians too. I don't think one is more valid or, or, you know, deserving than the other. If anything, everyone's going to get mad at me. This is why we get mean comments. It's because I say things (laughs) things like this. Speak your truth. (laughs) If anything, the Kardashians have worked harder and had to be a little more wily than the queen to get where they are. I would say they definitely climbed a greasier ladder faster. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're like, you know, the queen, the queen like has had longevity and class and the whole thing. The Kardashians are like, we're getting to the top of the ladder come hell or high water. Right. Like being born into it is one thing. Being born in Calabasas (laughs) is another. Another. Yeah. (laughs) Completely. Wait, here's my question for you before we sign off. Obviously, when the queen passes, King Charles takes the throne and then this in line of succession is William and so on. Do you think that Charles and William will have like if they were to take the poll when Charles becomes queen, would they have the same sort of clout when he becomes when he becomes king? King. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's going to be so hard to get used to. It is, especially being like a gay man. I'm going to be like Queen Charles, honey. (laughs) I know. Is everyone going to start saying yes, king instead of yes, queen? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. To to answer your question, I don't think it's going to be the same because I don't either. The queen has been at the forefront of people's minds since World War Two. Like she is she predates me and you by what 40 years not even her birth but her relevance like she is such an institution just by virtue of how she's been around for every single thing and people have this mental image of her and her family being in london during the blitz during world war ii like you cannot and the people have the image of charles of like talking about camilla right chance on the phone you know yeah, like i almost feel like we are i agree with you i think once she passes we're still going to be referring to her as if she's the reigning monarch that's my gut feeling because she's such an institution and because she's been in the zeitgeist for all these years you know yeah it's basically going to be an entire century that she's been relevant by the time it, things switch over and just living in London, like you see 
imprints of her everywhere. There are, you know, the terminal at Heathrow Airport is called the Queen's Terminal. There's the Mm -hmm. Jubilee line that's named after her. They're coming out with she's on the money. Like whenever they change it over (laughs) and like Charles is on the money, that's just going to be so jarring. And And I also don't think that uh, Charles will be king long enough for us to for it to sink in. Right. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. His, his reign could be like 20 years max. Yeah. That's absolutely. I I, I don't think it's going to get there. I hate to say it, but that's, although they do live very long, that family. (laughs) They do. They really do. As long as they stay away from cigarettes, they, they kill it. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Molly. And guys, make sure to subscribe to Us Weekly's YouTube channel to check out Royally Us every Wednesday right here.